How's it going, everybody? Uh, this is our first Changemaker podcast, um, Friends, Fans, Community. We have uh, an amazing, beautiful guest here with us, uh, and I want to just uh, give her her props, give her her, her wherewithal, and, uh, and, and, and just we're going to have a great time right now. So um, uh, let me introduce myself. I'm Luis Perales. I'm the CEO here of uh, Changemaker High School, uh, the, um, the K-20 Changemaker Campus. Um, but let me really get to the issue at hand here in our guest. So, um, Augustina, welcome. Thank you for Thank spending this time with us. Thank you so much for having me here. Oh, I'm so, so excited to be here. We're so happy to have you here with us. Uh, I'm gonna. I have this uh, this kind of uh, bio, amazing bio that was oh, provided geez. to us here. So <laughs> let's let's see. Um, so here we are, folks. This is Augustina. Augustina is uh, born and raised with humble beginnings in a Mexican American household here in Tucson, Arizona. Augustina was one of the first in her immediate and extended family to attend a university. She attended uh, college at Worcester Polytech Institute, WPI, and Worcester Mass. As a Gates Millennium Scholar, watch out. Uh, she received a BS in Management Information Systems and Industrial Engineering in 2009. Augustina worked in Boston uh, until 2013 as an Infrastructure Implementation Manager for Hanover Insurance. But in 2014, she began working in IT and engineering here in Tucson at Intuit. Yes. Uh, so returning back home. So Augustina is actively involved in mentoring high school students in AVID and teaching innovation techniques and best practice students at Imago Day um, Middle School. She enjoys connecting with other IT engineering professionals as a member of the Society of Hispanic Professional Engineers, uh, SHEP. She is working to create a lasting impact in Southern Arizona as the first Latina woman of color to serve as the president of the Junior League of Tucson, an organization dedicated to developing the potential of women and training women to become civic leaders in our community. She is the current acting president of the Junior League of Tucson and has been around in the Tucson community for over 87 years. We have 87 years of the Junior League. Um, Augustina's life motto, si se puede, never forget where you came from, but never lose sight of where you're going. Yes. Wow. <laughs> wow. Impressed. Oh, Impressed. it's so it's weird hearing that. Like, oh my God. No, yes, so we have to take it. Kudos. We have to take it. Oh, it's hard. We have to do it. So, um, so that's your bio, Augustina. And uh, and you know when we were talking about you know putting this together, putting this first podcast together, we really were talking about we want to know people's journey. Most yeah. folks talk about the the end product, right? right We've right. accomplished all of these things, but really, um, it's about this journey, right? So mm -hmm. let's do a deep dive here. Yeah. Who is Augustina? What? Where does this? story began yeah. what are the ups and downs yeah um tell us who who and what have you been able to accomplish i'm going to give you the cliff notes version <laughs> oh my god like the very shortened version so um i grew up in a um kind of i guess i call it a broken household um so um pretty much from when i was born to age 13 um, my mom raised me by herself and so she worked multiple jobs um to make sure that the, the lights were on that we had food on the table um, while my dad was, you know, dealing with some mental health issues and stuff that, that he, that he's going through also stuff that my mom also has, but she kind of just had to, um, um, pull up her pantalons and, 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 and do it right. Yeah, and, and yeah. figure it out. Um, and so, uh, I, she had always told me, she said, you know, look at this person, look at this person. You said, as successful they are, that's because they went to college and they, she's like, and that's not something that we've ever done. So she always instilled in me at a very young age that you are going to college. It's not even a question. Like, it's not even a question you're going to college. But I didn't know anyone around me that had actually gone to college at all. And so even though she 
preached it and told me about it, I, I still didn't have an example of someone to look up to. It, or at least someone that I knew at the time. I mean, my teachers and everything like that, they had degrees, but I didn't know that they had degrees at the time, right? So um, I think I was really, I was a really, really shy kid in middle school was like rough. Mm -hmm. It was a real rough scene for me. Um, and I think I kind of blossomed and came into my own in high school. Okay. And I was super involved in activities, clubs, all sorts of things. Um, and that really was, I think, because when you grow up with very little opportunity, when something comes to you, you just kind of want to latch on. Mm -hmm. At least that's the, the pathway and the direction that I kind of went. Um, and so I, I went about applying. I, I knew my mom and I knew my dad. I knew that I was either going to end up in a ton of student loans or I needed to do really, really good in school so I could get a scholarship. And so I really, really tried and, and, and you know, stuck to it and had my nose in the books. And um, I ended up, uh, like you said, being a Gates Millennium Scholar, which was truly the biggest blessing. I, I, can't, I can't explain to you how wonderful that scholarship program was and, and what the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation did for the students that they did um, from uh, the 20 years that started in 2000 and the scholarship program and it will end in 2020. So direct shout out to Bill and Melinda Gates. Yeah, hey, program, exactly. Right? All of these scholars. Oh my gosh. Here's an example of somebody yes. who benefited, completely oh, absolutely. benefited from that opportunity. Yeah, I, no, I mean, for sure. And it was actually, I saw on a video, not, not to digress too much, but I saw, it. I don't know if it was on AB, uh, 2020, I forget what um, special it was on, but they, had, they interviewed Bill and Melinda Gates, and it was actually I was actually part of a social experiment, and I didn't know about it. But the whole idea was, if students, if financial, um, you know, situation is not a, um, a hindrance to a student, will they achieve at the same level as a student of privilege? Mm. And the results came back swimmingly even more so that the students that that they were able to give the scholarships did as well as those students of privilege, if not better. Wow. And so uh, the graduation rate was through the roof um, for all the scholars and, and, and through the program. And so anyways, it was just it, it, a true blessing. That, that's all I can say. So, so you're talking anyways, about, about programs that, that yeah. you were able to be a part of. Yes. Putting yourself in the book. Was there a person for the folks who are watching, right? Yeah. We have some parents, uh, we have some students that, that are going through that right now. Yeah, right? absolutely. Were, were there specific individuals that you mm -hmm. said, you know, I'm going to latch on to the opportunities. Mm -hmm. Was there a person who was a mentor or a guide or saying, go right instead of left or yeah. watch out for that cliff there's, for sure. you know, whatever the case may be yeah. were there people like that that you looked in and you connected with absolutely I think um, a lot of my, my teachers in high school were super um, supportive um, I think it's really important to have a really good guidance counselor that can help her I, I didn't even know about the scholarship until she you know she presented me um, the scholarship uh, hey this exists this is out there and so having that strong um you know, individual being there being like, hey, I want to help you. And she knew I was super interested. I kind of told her my story and she knew that, listen, this girl has, you know, she has, she has no money and she's going to need as much, as much help as she can get. Mm -hmm. So that, and then um, I was a part of, um, this, it's called the Metropolitan Education Commission. It was called the Youth Advisory Council Tucson Teen Congress, literally the longest name of the book. <laughs> um, I believe it's still around and yeah. still exists, but um, her name was Fran, Se Fran Seneschal, Fran Embry Seneschal. Um, and she was a huge, she made a huge difference for me. And she helped run and coordinate that Tucson Teen Congress. And we met downtown. And she um, was actually one of the individuals that helped write a recommendation for me for that scholarship. So she really helped um, to be like, hey, listen, you got this. Regardless of what you, what your adversities are, whatever's going on at home. And she knew that there were some things going on at home just by like my behavior and stuff. She's like, you got this. And, and she would check in on me. And I think having somebody like that makes all of the difference. Absolutely. Oh, my God. So then what I'm hearing here is that yeah. you had that, that 
that encouragement, support from home, right? Mm-hmm. From your mom saying, you got to do this. Absolutely. You got to make this happen. It's a non-negotiable. You had these mm-hmm. opportunities at school and mm-hmm. you took advantage, full advantage of all those opportunities. For sure. And then you went outside of school mm-hmm. to look for that additional support yes. to figure out this maze of opportunity and possibility. Yes. And so they, so shout out to all <laughs> those different folks yeah. who made that happen. The support system. Yeah. Absolutely. So you had to create that support system. Mm-hmm. It wasn't this like, bootstraps i'm going to take care of it myself i got this it was, oh no, no no i need to go out there and find these, yes. these folks in these programs yes for sure wow for sure so um anyways i ended up going to school i ended up going to college all, super far away um and worcester mass and uh that was it was a really difficult time for me actually my freshman year was horrendous um to be completely transparent i mean going from be like never living leaving tucson arizona to then all of a sudden living in all the way in the massachusetts the boston mm-hmm. area oh my gosh Climate change, culture change, everything was so different. Um, and then having to like actually study like school kind of, I mean, it came somewhat easy to me. But now all of a sudden you're an engineer and you're doing, you know, math, you're doing differential equations, vector calculus, all this stuff. And it's like, oh, my God. Mm-hmm. And so um, it was hard. But uh, but once again, kind of you had to build your own, my own support system out there. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that was something that I had to do. And so, uh, but college especially going into engineering it's a it's a whole nother field i was actually just talking to somebody and i said i feel like it's a mental like test <laughs> i'm straight right yeah, yeah. going into that field it isn't um, just what you know but right. being able to again navigate yes. through that new reality i mean uh, the the stereotype is it's a very male dominated field right. so right. what what did that look like in navigating that that oh, kind of yeah. you know interface where oh all gosh. these folks who are kind of expected right yeah. Versus, like, they already have the label. I mean, yeah. You just have to finish the process. Right? Yeah. Um, well, so the school at the time, I think the percentage has gotten a little bit better, but at the time was 80% male. Mm-hmm. Um, 2% what we would consider a minority. So 2% meaning African American, um, Latino, and Native American. Mm-hmm. 2% of all of the school was of a minority. So all of those three equal 2% of the school. Wow. Okay. So it was very um, Caucasian male, um, you know, dominated at, at the at the institution um but that was okay i almost feel like that having that really kind of set me up for the career that i would end up being in right and so um not to say that it didn't come with its its hardships and and um i'm gonna use that word again it's a buzzword privilege mm-hmm. um and 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 some of these things that i'm like oh my gosh i didn't even know that this existed or it just felt like a whole different world because i wasn't used to whether it was culturally or whether it was tangible things like the technology and all that cool fun stuff I didn't have those things and so having to kind of navigate around that and and because at the end of the day I was still getting the same A or the same B or whatever that grade was I was still in that same class with those with those students Mm -hmm. and so I had to figure out how to navigate my way with the lack of maybe technology or or um um support system or having you know my parents pay for this that and the other and have fun stuff to be able to do so, on the so weekends you're be yeah. in your educational yeah. <laughs> process right yeah so, absolutely i mean in the engineering field that's a yeah. must yeah but you had to apply that just to going through the in life yeah process. absolutely wow. okay. so and, and so uh, were you one of those kiddos back then who was coming back home and you know, seeing family and then going back to Boston, like, I yes. want to leave. I, I <laughs> yes. Like, oh, I miss my home. gosh. What was that like for you? Yeah, I remember, um, so my freshman year, I remember, um, so I went to school um, in August. I didn't come home until Christmas because it was too expensive to fly home for Thanksgiving mm-hmm. and whatnot. And so I remember coming home and um, it, it, it felt so good, but it also felt so different. 
um, you know, being in this whole world, sometimes college is, you feel like you're in a bubble and you're in this is own little world and then coming home and, and seeing the family and, um, it was different because, you know, my family, you know, I, I love my family, but, the, you know, some of them have given me, you know, they kind of, they kind of, you know, jest with me and say, oh, you know, look at the girl that went to college and, oh, you're, you know, you're chingona now because you went to college and, oh, you know, and stuff like that. And so um, there was that component, but it was also just missing the home cooked food and being around family and all that stuff. And that was hard to be in that and then have to come back and, and mind you come back to weather that was, you know, I don't know, like 60 degrees difference. Remember <laughs> 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 Tucson, right? We're like eighties, you know, whatever. and then coming back um, to Massachusetts and it was snowing and it was like, Oh my gosh. So it was a little daunting at times. Yeah. And, and you stayed in, in Boston after graduating. So yeah. So, so that, what was that decision like of like, okay, I'm graduating. Life is starting here in this new way. Yeah. What's the decision making process for you? Like, going home, staying there, going somewhere else? It was actually really, it was really, really hard. And I, and I, so I will, I will say this. So when I graduated in 2000, in 2009, um, right before in the fall, we had the whole economic downturn. Oh, yeah. And that was super difficult. And so my, my dad was going through some health issues. And so I, I declined some of my job offers back in Massachusetts at the time in 2009 when I graduated so that I could come back home. I came back home. I had interviewed at companies here and everyone was on hiring freezes. I couldn't find a job um, back home. And so I ended up working at a company um, called AFNI. It was a call center. Mm -hmm. um, they did third party support for um, uh, a mobile company. And at this the time. is right after graduating. This is right after graduating. So you're an engineer. I'm an, ing I'm an engineer with an engineering yeah, degree, yeah, yeah. IT background, and I'm coming back home and I'm working at a call center. Wow. That was probably the most humbling but one of the best experiences I've ever had in my life, and I tell people this sometimes because it's, you have to learn about customer service, right? Learn about customer service and learning about how to deal with people, but also realizing like, hey, just because I have this background and I'm working with all these other individuals that, you know, maybe don't have the type of background that I have or come from different worlds. It was very, to be immersed in that was not just humbling, but I actually keep in touch with some of my friends that were in my class from yeah. that because there, it, it was just a very real environment, and so that really helped me. In fact, anytime I call customer support, I have I have a sympathy for them, you know what they're going through. I'm like, okay, I'm like, I'll try to get my issue call, you know done really quickly because the call handle time. I know I know you get you know rated on that, and so um, really really good experience. But anyways, I had a connection um, with with um, a family friend that that worked um, at a a uh, defense company in town, um, one of the biggest uh, employers in town. Um, and so I, I, I worked for them for a good about six months. And then in 2010, um, I got a call um, from the COO of the company that one of the companies that I had, um, I had, I had turned away my offer. He said, Hey, listen, we understand that you can't, that you're in, you're finding a hard time finding a job back in your area. We want to fly you out and we want to um, have you interview. His name was Greg Tranter. Shout out to Greg Tranter. Um, he's now retired and doing wonderful things with his life. But um, he gave me kind of like a like my second life, my, my like a, like a, another chance at, at at getting into my field. Because even when I was working at that defense company here as a contractor, it wasn't in the field that I needed. And in technology, if you don't use it, you lose it. Oh, wow. okay. And in my mind, and so mm -hmm. I was then going to be in competition with the class of 2010. And so I knew I needed so. The short of the story is I moved back briefly for not even a full year, and then I ended up moving back to the Massachusetts area so that I could have a career. Wow. I could have a job that was going to give me that technical experience. So you came home. You, you did the thing. Yes. You went, I went, got, got <laughs> the degree, home. 
came home. I'm educated. I'm ready to do this. I'm, I'm going to represent Tucson. And yeah. it was like, it's not worth it. It's not oh, happening. Man, it I got to go. It was so crazy. It was the crazy... I wow. think I think the class I, I think it's right, the class of two thousand nine is still the class that is in the most debt today, mm-hmm. um, because of the economic mm-hmm. downturn that happened, and so um, I knew that I had to take uh, this was a golden opportunity. I, I felt so silly that I had moved back and then now I'm moving back again. Like what is this like back and forth? But I it was it was it was one of those it was one of those pivotal moments where it was like a fork in the road, either this way or that way. Where is my life going to be if I do stay in this position? Or where is my life going to be if I do get out of my comfort zone mm-hmm. and end up moving back? And, and what is that going to look like? And so that was a whole, um, it was a great experience working wow. at Hannah Brunsher. So, so it sounds like, uh, but, again, another, <laughs> the, like your, the pattern is there, right? Yeah. The support from home, yeah. right? Taking advantage of all the opportunities to yeah. present themselves. Yeah. And then going outside of that and making those connections outside yeah. so they can keep going. That's right. Right? That's right. So that, yeah. that a lesson, folks, this is what it takes, right? <laughs> you got to do this. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, So anyways, I, I won't go too much of my story, but, but yeah, that means so I, I worked at Hanover and then I actually had my own health issues that happened. Um, and so, so I ended up moving back home, um, in, in 2013. And so when you get sick, you realize there's no place like home. And so I moved back. Um, and thankfully I was able to stay on as a contractor for the Hanover insurance, that company that I worked for. Um, and then it was sort of like, okay, well, we're going to potentially need to part ways. This role is kind of moving out. And so we're not going to, and so then I started looking, um, for roles here. And, um, so I ended up landing a role as a contractor initially, for Intuit um, with Tech Systems. Shout out to Tech Systems, also gave me yeah. my, my third life, right? I mean, and so um, they, uh, I was able to, and a lot of the companies now are doing the try before you buy, mm-hmm. right? They want they want to see how your work ethic is and then they'll hire you on full time and get you get all the benefits and the insurance and all that other mm-hmm. um, fun stuff. And so I was uh, as a contractor for Intuit for a couple months and then they were like, okay, we want to hire you on full time. So right. I've been full time, I will be a full time employee them going on this fall uh, for five years so yeah so it's wow. been a great it's into it's been a great company i've gotten a lot of great opportunities um and i've been able to stay at home yeah. um with my family um and so it, it it's been very interesting but then it's like then i you know you go on linkedin and everyone's like hey we have an opportunity in phoenix yeah. or we this and the yeah. other and so it's like you know just trying to wait where am i at right now in my life and where do i want to be yeah. and so figuring out what that is navigating that all, all sorts of navigating, all always navigating. Always navigating. So kudos, kudos to you to Thank you. for that navigation. Yeah, right? Because, well. uh, I mean, there's plenty of folks who will stop halfway or give up. Mm. Right? So what kept you from saying, I can't, that this is too hard, too much, forget yeah. it. What, you know, I need to do something else. What, yeah. what kept you dedicated to that which you wanted to do? Yeah, I think um, truly, if I'm going to be honest, it's two things. I think... Um, I think I never wanted to disappoint my mom. I know all of the effort and all the work that my mom put in to making sure that she gave me everything that she could. And a lot of times it wasn't a lot, but she gave me what she could. And so I never wanted to disappoint her. Um, And I think the other thing was, um, you know, I had little cousins, I know, looking up to me. um, And and just other, I wanted to be able to say I did this for, for if, if, you know, if I'm ever blessed to have children. So I have children right now. But um, just kind of one of those things where, like, I just... I felt like God. I've I've come so far. Why? How am I? How am I going to give up on myself at this point? And there were multiple opportunities where I wanted to throw in the towel, even in college, and wanted to be like, you know what? I'm going to transfer to the U of A, which is also a wonderful establishment. But um, 
I was, I was like, you know what? I have to make my bed and I have to lie in it. And so it was one of those things where I was like, I just, I just have to. And so, and, and trust me, there were, there were so many days where, like I said, I wanted to throw on the towel, but, um, altogether, I think it was just like, you know, I, I, I have to do it. I have, I have so many people kind of, uh, looking up to me and kind of rooting me on. And so okay. like that, that's where I think that came from. Wow. So and, it's, and it's all paid off. Yes, it right. has. No, it actually, it has. I, I can't, yeah. I can't lie. I, I am blessed and it, it has paid off. Wow. Oh, yeah, for Amazing. sure. Amazing. Yeah. So let's transition here okay. um, and talk about the Junior League. Yeah. So tell us about the Junior League. Yeah. How, how did you get involved? Yeah. You know, how did you, you know, get to the position of being the president of the Junior League of Tucson? Like, what, tell us that. What, yeah. what does it take? Yeah. Right? What, what do we need to know? What do folks out there need to know, right? The, the future, um, you know, uh, JLT yeah. members that are yeah. coming, they're, 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 you know, they're chiquitas, they're growing up, yeah, right? They're, they're on their path, yeah. right? And this is something, an opportunity that they should think about yeah. in the future or even connecting now. What, yeah. What, what, what um, yeah. So, okay. So, uh, when I was talking about how, when I moved back to Massachusetts, um, a lot of my friends from college had ended up moving away. And so I wanted a way to be able to, sometimes it's hard after college to, to, just to make friends and to meet, to meet like-minded individuals. And so, um, I joined the junior league of, of, of Worcester mass. Um, that was my first organization that I joined. And so, um, I joined there. Um, and basically it's an organization that really, um, we developed the potential of women. And so, um, whether that's connecting women to volunteer opportunities in the community or, um, training them on, 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 on local issues that, that the community is facing, um, you know, Red for Ed, what, what propositions are we voting on, you know, in the fall? What, what, what does all of that mean? And so training women and also really encouraging women to step up and be community leaders at the forefront. And so uh, that was something that I was like, oh my gosh, yes, like sign me up. And so I joined and, um, and then I ended up transferring to the Junior League of Boston and then transferring to, to Tucson. And so really the pathway of getting to be the, I met, let me put it this way. I, I think with my background, um, I, I, I never considered myself presidential. I know that that's something, but that sounds weird, but I, just, I don't feel like I look presidential. I don't maybe have a presidential vibe. Sometimes a little, huh, I'm a little loose cannon, if you will. <laughs> um, I'm trying to like taper it down for, you know, all the cameras. But <laughs> and so, um, I never thought I was going to be the president. And so it literally just, it, it, it I, I don't want to say that it just happened, but you know, you, you step up for certain roles um, I stepped up as to be the secretary, did not want to be the secretary. I, I cannot take notes for, for the life of me, but I was the secretary on the board. Mm -hmm. Um, and then I became the, um, the vice president of marketing and communications. I don't know anything about marketing and communications, nothing, or, it, 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 or sorry, marketing and operations. I was like, what is this? But you get into these roles and you just count once again, the, the constant theme stepping outside of your comfort zone. Mm -hmm. So outside and be like, you know what? I don't know anything about that. And that if that scares me, that means I want That's to do right. it, right? Yeah. Right. Your yeah. dreams have to scare you a little bit, mm -hmm. right? So stepped into that role. And then before you know it, I was like, well, wait a minute. I know about the operations of this organization and I know about X, Y, and Z. Why wouldn't I be fit to be yeah. the president of this organization? Mm -hmm. And so I asked myself that question and I was like, you know what? I'm going to apply. I'd never applied before. And so I was like, you know what? If it happens, it happens. If it doesn't, it doesn't. And I'll never forget when I got a call, when I got the call um, from the late um, Rebecca Salcedo, um, she's since passed, but she called me and said, hey, like, we, 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 we would like you to be the, and I just, I remember I was driving, it was the day before my birthday, <laughs> I was driving on Broadway, and I was like, oh my god, I had to, like, pull over because, of, like, I was overcome with emotion, because I couldn't believe that I would be in this position, 
um, specifically because I had known that there had not previously been um, a Latina woman of color as the president's organization. I, I didn't even think I had a chance, to be completely honest. I know that sounds so silly. We're in 2019. At the time, it was 2017. Um, and I don't, I don't think... It's been like that on purpose. I think that that a woman of color has not applied for that position in the past, um, in in, the, in recent history. Um, and so I think um, who who was I to to step into this role? I mean, a lot of the women um, in the organization um, maybe don't come from backgrounds that I come from. Mm-hmm. Um, but why am I not? Like it, we're we're in a new time. We gotta we gotta change. We gotta change yeah. things up. So, anyways, sorry that was a super breathy no, no, answer. No, no, but... no, no, it's, not. it's beautiful. <laughs> okay. it's, it's about becoming visible. Really, mm-hmm. I mean that's yeah. that's what I'm hearing. That you're you're talking about. We need to become visible. Yep. We need to get outside our comfort zone. Yes. We need to put ourselves in those positions in front of individuals that maybe would not have seen us before. Mm-hmm. Right? That's powerful. So what does that mean? What does that mean to be the first Latina woman of color as president of Junior League? What, do, what does that mean? Yeah, I mean, I think for me, I think it, first of all, it's, it's an incredible honor. But for me, it means a couple of things. It means that we have a long way to go. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and like I said, I don't think it's because anyone in our organization would not want a person of color. Um, I think it's that it just, the opportunity did not present itself in terms of people maybe wanting to be in that role or, or, or being in charge and being visible, as you mm-hmm. said. Um, and so, but I think it also means that, um, other people in the organization that may be of color, um, can say, oh my gosh, this individual is coming in. She's potentially moving and shaking, which is really the goal, right? Mm-hmm. To make people just a little bit uncomfortable, um, but also feel embraced and feel like they're supported and feel like um, they can grow in the organization. And that's really the culture that I want to foster. Um, we have a diversity and inclusion initiative that um, we are spearheading. It's a five-year plan. And it's really around bringing awareness to our members, but really saying if we want to be out there at the forefront in the community, um, helping which our, our our issue areas educational readiness and making sure that our youth are are ready, you know, to learn in, in school and whatever is surrounds that. We need to be able to serve the community. We need accurately and correctly. We need, we need to be able to educate ourselves on what that means and um, be able to serve our diverse community. And so we, we need education, we need awareness, we need all that for our, for our members to be able to then go out and, and do that work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow, yeah. that's a big responsibility. Huge, I'm like, oh! <laughs> that's a huge, I mean, it's big. It's big, I mean, it's, it's no small feat, right? I mean, right. we've seen from, you know, the philanthropic giants like Bill and Melinda Gates and, and, and others, Zuckerberg, right. Chan Zuckerberg Foundation and mm-hmm. others who have really stepped up in that arena. Mm-hmm. So to, to see the Junior League say, we're stepping into that arena. We're going to do that. Um, that's powerful. That's really, Absolutely, really important. Yeah. Um, let's transition here okay. a little bit and, okay. uh, and talk a little bit about STEM, Ooh, right? STEM, so STEM, STEM, STEM. Some people talk about STEAM and STEM. Mm-hmm. And, and so I um, want to flip this a little bit because okay. um, usually we're talking STEM and there's all of these initiatives. Yeah. Now, I mean, it's almost um, like a, a catchphrase, mm. right? And so... Um, Super powerful what's happening in the tech world. Super powerful what's happening in the engineering space. Super Absolutely. powerful. Like, it is transforming the world. No, right? For sure. We're talking innovation. That is where a, a majority of this innovation is, is occurring. Right? And it's at such a high speed. Mm-hmm. Um, at the same time, it's kind of like STEM had to fight its way into kind of the dominant narrative. Mm-hmm. Right? Yep. It was kind of on the, out, on the outskirts for yep. a long time. Absolutely. So um, I imagine you've seen that transition. Oh, right? for sure. Where it became, it was, it's a buzzword now. It was it's a like, buzzword. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right? Before it was like, oh, those are the techie kids, the needy, yeah, 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 yeah. geeky, nerdy kids who are doing that, which was kind of like, 
it was kind of like poo-pooing that, that <laughs> the whole the whole field, all these yeah. fields, right? It was yeah. like, oh yeah, those those, those are brainiacs. They're going to do that, but they kind of we really don't know what they do, right? Right. right. Um, but yeah, that's their corner. That's their corner. Yeah. Go ahead, mm-hmm. hang out, do yeah. your thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but now it's more of like, no, this is what's pushing us forward. Yes. As a society, that's right. Right. So, talk to us about that transition and yeah. being in the in the middle of that transition. Yeah. What does that look like? From you know the perspective of being outside mm-hmm. and wanting to get into mm-hmm. STEM fields, mm-hmm. uh, because everybody's saying, "Well, students need to. This is what we need to do. The U.S. needs to catch up. We're behind all these other countries." All that's that right. Et cetera, that's et right. right? That, that's what the the common dominant narrative is now. Yes. But before, this was never talked about. Right. right? It was just kind of like those kids do their thing and. Yeah. Mm. Absolutely. I mean, I think so. Technically. <laughs> I am a millennial. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think um, growing up and seeing technology evolve from, you know, doing you know, using Oregon Trail when I think I was in third grade to my Theo giving me a, um, a computer when I was, eight, you know, I think I was eight years old. I think it had like one gigabyte or like two gigabytes. That was like huge, right? And, and tearing it apart and then putting it back together, creating my own website when I was like, in high, like that's a whole other thing. But I think the whole idea of STEM, right? It, it was, it absolutely, that is the narrative. Oh my gosh, well, we're so behind and we need to make sure that we have um, an, enough engineers in, in our in our space, right? In our country to be able to compete with these other countries, China, India, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think um, being in that, um, for me as a woman, specifically as a woman of color, um, I think it absolutely... It's 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 very important. It's very clear that as technology continues to evolve, now we're like social media. We're the era of apps. It was before it was the era of hardware, right? Mm-hmm. And then software. And now we're like apps, right? And so like you just continue to see it kind of evolve. Um, it 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 is super important. I just think that that technology is totally um, it is the future. But I think that maybe we're missing some things in in the middle, like maybe being like socially aware and socially conscious about certain things. Um, and, and so then, you, and then you see like the environmental piece kind of now coming to the forefront, right? Mm-hmm. Now it's like, okay, well now hold on. We, we've been very irresponsible, you know, for this many years, maybe we need to start figuring out tech, let that technology that we use help us figure out ways to be able to be socially responsible, whether it's in the environment, this, that, and the other. So I'm not sure if I fully answered your question, no. but I, I stem from, from my perspective has been, it's, it, it's been different because I have been at that age where I've seen it evolve, and so I don't know any other way. Mm-hmm. So, so it's like the norm. Yeah. It's like you, you're seeing that this is the norm. Yeah. This is what it is. Absolutely. This transition yeah. is the norm. Yeah, absolutely. Right? When before it kind of seemed like it took so long for something to come out into the into where the public could see mm-hmm. that transition, right? That right. Just, it was very slow. Um, so what, what do you think about STEM? Because there's, there's some pushback talking about it. it's gotten so into the – into kind of like the public space mm-hmm. where everybody feels like, you know, we're talking even today, like setting up the equipment for mm-hmm. a market. That used to be a sound engineer job, <laughs> yeah. right? And now it's like, oh, just buy this and then download this app and then buy them. You yeah. know, do it off your phone or whatever. Um, is it losing some of its edginess because it's becoming so accessible? And what, what are the consequences of that? What do you think, looking at it from that perspective yeah. of it's so open, it's so accessible now yeah. um, in all these different ways that it's kind of like, folks almost feeling like I don't need to go to college I don't need to study that mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. what, what do you think yeah about that? I do and I, and I and we're in an era of, 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 of social media influencers and vloggers and YouTube stars and and all that stuff um I do think to an extent um it is kind of with every being everything being so accessible I do think that things are kind of losing their um 
pizzazz and zing. Um, but I do think that we're always going to still need people to be super educated. We're going to need those researchers. We're going to need those people specifically in the science world because this is technology we're talking about. But the real credit goes out. Shout out to all the researchers and science and science people out there and and and, and graduate associates that 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 are working out there to really help solve other problems, deeper problems where you really need a, a specialized level of education to be in. So I think that that piece um, is, and, and, and man, and those individuals, and, and, and they're not the ones making the big bucks, unfortunately. Um, and so I think we have that piece, but I do think having all these things accessible maybe does cheapify some, some things. Like you said, sound engineers, this would be a sound engineer's job. I think we're always going to need sound engineers, especially mm-hmm. out in LA where they're making the big yeah, movies yeah, yeah. and stuff like that. Um, but locally, maybe, maybe some of those things are being kind of outsourced and maybe people are just kind of teaching themselves and, and then going out in Craigslist and, and kind of marketing themselves saying, hey, this is what I do. I don't know. Yeah. I have no idea, but that's how I see it. Yeah. Oh, good. Because yeah. I, I think the dialogue, uh, I think it's kind of, everything goes full circle. Yeah. Right? If we look at the early innovators, right? Mm-hmm. Turn of the century, last century, you know, this is mm-hmm. the previous 1900, mm-hmm. right? We're looking at Henry Ford and Thomas Edison and all these folks. None of them had formalized education, right? right? There yeah. were these innovators who were just like figuring it out, right? <laughs> and we're kind of almost full circle back yeah. at that space. Yep. We're saying, I'm gonna mess, I'm gonna, I'm gonna mess around. I'm gonna tinker, mm-hmm. right? You have like you know um, maker spaces and hacker spaces and all these things where we're gonna tinker, we're gonna figure it out. Mm-hmm. And there's kind of like full circle. So, um, so where do you think we go next? Like where, what would be the, what would disrupt that, that kind of those beliefs where. You know, those folks don't make the big bucks. These folks do make the big bucks because there's a market to purchase mm-hmm. something that's invented, mm-hmm. right? You know, how do we how do we disrupt that so that you know credit is given where it's due? Yeah, um, gosh, I feel like um, t- the level of tinkering and being the jack of all trades and doing these types of things on your own can only go so far. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do think that. Um, in order to disrupt, I think, I'll put it this way, I don't think we're anywhere close right now in our society to corporate corporations being, saying, hey, listen, okay, yeah, you may not have formalized education, but come on board, because we're, I think we're still at that, you need at least a bachelor's, kind of, or, or associates, or some sort of a certificate of, of some type in order to get into this type of role, you can't just have, you know, tinkering, who knows, maybe 20, 30 years from now, we're not going to need that, but I don't, I don't know that we're going to, that we're anywhere near that right now. Um, for me, I like kind of to touch on that, but maybe a little, for me, I want to see our freaking cancer researchers. I want to see those individuals that are really moving and shaking and making and, and, and stem cell. Um, I want to see those individuals being compensated for the work that they're doing and, and they're not, man. It's, uh, the, the, I've had this conversation in nausea, but I just, and it gets me all like fired up because yeah. I'm like, man, they're not. And, and we're, we're in this world right now where social media and these influencers and, 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 and God bless them because they, they got to make their coins. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, that's where our money is going. These, yeah, every, 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 all of these influencers, now everyone has a makeup line. <laughs> yeah. Like what? And so that's, and that's totally kind of like going off on another, um, you know, kind of road, but, I, I don't I don't know what is going to make it so that things get shaken up or changed. I'm not sure, but I just I wanted to put out some of my observations because I do see it and I do I do see what you're saying and um, it is a little I don't know it's a little concerning in my mind maybe and so um, but I'm not sure. 
Yeah. I think it's it's kind of like to be continued. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. We'll see. We'll see yeah. what, how things how things get pushed forward. Yeah. Uh, so I want to also uh, let folks know that um, Augustine is going to be recognized. He's our yeah. honoree for our Night Under the Stars um, dinner here at Changemaker High School, part of the K20 Changemaker campus. Um, this is happening October 19th. You can visit our website, www.changemakerhighschool.org, uh, to find out more. Uh, there's tickets for sale, tables for sale, sponsorship opportunities, all that good stuff. But you're the honoree. Oh, you are being honored. <laughs> you deserve it, girl. Like, you did it, right? Oh, you yeah, did yeah, all yeah. of this. And so we are so honored to be able to, you know, just showcase you oh my gosh night, right and and to really you know again give credit where credit is due right because i think for so long folks who work so hard it's just like an expectation like you're supposed to do that mm. and it's just like no you're you're you are a chingona right you have done it right so like what does it feel how does it feel right you, uh, I, I, know, I was watching oh kind of online you put out some stuff like Humble brag, right? You didn't want to kind of go there. Like, I did. It was put hard. This out. So how does it feel to, to be honored and to put yourself out yes. there to say, hey, I am pretty, you know, yeah, hot stuff, no, right? No, no. I got to so, pop my collar a little bit. Oh, yeah, my what does God. That feel like? No. Okay. So, okay, so I will say that it's incredibly uncomfortable for me. Incredibly uncomfortable. Um, so when I... I realized that I should have just posted. So I wanted to just post the event on Facebook. Mm -hmm. But then I realized that people would be like, oh, she's just, you know, throwing out some event. Like, what, what does that mean? And so I realized that I had to make myself very uncomfortable and put that out there. And it did very much feel like a humble brag. And I am, I don't know, it for me, it's very uncomfortable. And I know people are like, ah, oh, yeah. but it's like, it's like, it, it's, it's kind of to be recognized. Like, I just feel like, I did something because I wanted to do something for myself and I wanted to change the cycle mm -hmm. of, of, of pobreza and whatever you want to call it in, in my community. And so for me, it, it doesn't seem like something ex extraordinary, but I, the, the honor is like, I can't, I can't tell you how much, like I still like, I can't even believe it. Like, oh my gosh, like why, why would I be honored? Who am I? Right. Who am I? And so I put it out there on Facebook. I did feel very uncomfortable because I do feel like I am tooting my own horn and that's never, I as right as a leader, you you you're on the sidelines, right? You're never at the forefront. You're on the sidelines, bringing people with you. And so, like for me, it was it was just a little uncomfortable. But I did it in the name of I want this event to be, I want this event to be successful. I want people to go out and buy tickets because mm -hmm. because it, it was more than it, it had nothing really to do with me. It was more let's bring let's bring change maker the high school out to the forefront. Let's talk about this inaugural event that we're having right and 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 everything that is this school and the wonderful things that you all are doing here at this um institution and so it was like you know what i'm gonna have to make myself uncomfortable i'm gonna have to bite the bullet but i hope the, i hope these people click on it i hope they click on the school and they and they like the page mm -hmm. and they figure all that stuff out and that, that probably wouldn't happen if i had just posted the event and been mm -hmm. like hey come to this event and i was like huh and they scroll right past it and watch yeah. some meme or video you know what i mean yeah, so yeah, yeah. um that's kind of where i'm at but it I, i'm so incredibly honored yeah. i can't even believe it i i feel like who am i but um uh i it is so appreciated wow. you know, the, immense the honor, gratitude the man. honor is ours oh Honestly, my gosh the honor is ours <laughs> it is it, it, it that's what this is all about, right? Identifying change makers who are out there making the things happen. I know sometimes wearing these labels, right? <laughs> Putting these things on, like just, 
it's it's yeah. tough. And it I is. Get it. it I totally, is. I totally get it. We talk about it all the time. And the and haters like, come through, oh, and you're like, oh, wait, wait a minute, how come not? How come yeah. not me? And then all yeah. that, that happens. But at the end of the day, it's like credit where credit is due. Oh man, I was, you know, it's amazing. Your story's amazing. What you're doing is amazing. You're an inspiration. Thank and you so much. All of these youngsters are looking, right? Ah. They're looking. They're they're paying attention, right? They are. Really, they really need role models uh, in so many ways, right? Um, being in the Ed space yeah. uh, for 20 years now, I can tell you firsthand Ooh. that that's, the, that's what's needed, right? That's what we try to do here, and we're just honored that we're able to bring changemakers from the outside to meet our changemaker students here, right, in our family. So, Absolutely. So thank you so much for, for accepting, oh, right, for God. accepting When are you going to want a Nobel Peace Prize? Stop. <laughs> Don't start with me. Don't you start with me. <laughs> you are out of control. You all follow, isn't it, is it at ZenCons? ZenCons, yeah. ZenCons. Yeah. You are so woke. And I'm not, this is not like a, let's like play back and forth and let's yeah. like, re- like compliment each other. Like, yeah. hey, oh, but you're the, but I mean this. Like you, you, sometimes I read your posts and I just have to, like, it like gets me ready for the day. There we go. Because uh, I'm like, man, well, you got to be woke, man. Uh, I appreciate that. Yeah. I appreciate this. Once you make it to that place, we have to reach back and say, how am I going to help? What am I going to do? What amen, am I brother. Offer? Amen. What am I going to provide? That's right? right. So that's what we're doing. That's, that's right. what it is. Again, folks, um, Night Under the Stars, our inaugural Changemaker Awards Dinner, um, October 19th. Uh, please go to the website, www.changemakerhighschool.org. Um, you can sign up, find out more about the event. Uh, buy a table, sponsor, you know, get a ticket, buy a ticket for someone else, bring somebody with you. Um, again, you can meet uh, Everybody. Our, honoree, our honoree here in person. She'll be there. Um, and uh, again, a, a slew of amazing people will also be in attendance um, to honor um, Augustina. Uh, again, to showcase um, the beautiful work that we're doing here with our partners. And, uh, and again, just to put Tucson on the map because I think that's what's needed. We need to continue to push. Um, there's so many good things happening, and we need to highlight every single one of them. Um, Augustina, thank you so much for coming thank out and making you. the time. Thank you. Thank so you much. so much. I'm going to give you a big hug after this. Yeah, of course, of course. <laughs> okay. uh, everybody, uh, again, thank you for, uh, for following along. Thank you for engaging with us. Uh, we look forward to many more opportunities to engage back with you. Please uh, follow us on Instagram. Follow us on uh, Facebook. You can catch our podcast. You can catch our YouTube. Uh, I mean, we're all over the place. Find us uh, at Changemaker High School. All right, folks, thank you so much. Uh, Bye-bye. Have a good one.